0: Yeah, so we're going to be talking about social injustice, we're going to be talking about unforgiveness and bitterness, um, how we're we going to deal with that as a people, as a group of people, that's the main topic, we kind of like, we can we can go through it into what's currently going on right now, or we can basically talk about it in the light of the broad unforgiveness and bitterness and how to overcome it, and how to deal with it slash social injustice obviously that we're seeing right now. And I feel like a lot of people have spoken about the problems enough, but we're not talking about the solutions enough. The question is, what do we actually want? You know, what's the main result? I mean, what's the main goal? We're protesting, we're marching, uh, but what do we actually want in the first time? So, so the moment of truth is there for us to be able to, to, to tell the truth as it is. That's what the MOT is for. You know, MOT is like for a car, for anyone that drives a car and knows the car. You take your car for MOT, it's like a health check. For you to be able to check out what's the condition of your of your of your heart. And until you able to pass every element of it, then that's when they say it passes the MOT. Why? Because their car is now roadworthy in order for you to be able to drive it. But if it's not, you have to park it until it's dealt with before you can drive that. So this is our MOT rider right moment of truth for all of us to be able to unpack to be able to bring out whatever it is that's in our mind that's in our heart right now regarding this topic and until we're able to trash it out no one is living here literally physically so that's what women of truth is and we want to have that conversation with everyone that's listening to this or that's watching this right now about what the moment of truth is when it comes to social injustice and when it comes to unforgiveness and bitterness. all right cool that is the introduction guys yeah, I don't know if you guys want to introduce yourself for the first time for anyone that's listening to us on our podcast right now to know what is happening.
1: Yeah, guys, so my name is Jaleel. Uh, I'm part of the Manifest team. I love I love God. Uh, I love people. I love men. Not in that way. <laughs> but that sounds, very, uh, <laughs> that sounds very blessed. That sounds very, very blessed. You know what I mean? <laughs> we get what you mean, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I just, I believe that, like, you know, I'm about the kingdom of God and no, I just want to uh, expand this kingdom in any way,
2: any way possible. Um, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, my name is Shabazz. First of all, I'm part of Manifest. Um, yeah, man. Same thing, man. Love God, love people. So at the end of the day, I think my fun fact is it's difficult, you know, it's actually very, very difficult. But um I used to I used to run two hundred metres. <laughs> man, them laughing. Yo, see me, how man me, starts we're not we're
1: not paying two truths one lie, bro. <laughs> <We> <laughs> say, say uh,
0: that's fact. what I'm about to yeah,
1: say. It's mean, not a game, this is
0: the truth. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you,
1: when <laughs> you like, say you
0: used to run two hundred meters, do you mean like, like vulnerable. you got this is
2: why we don't open up. This is why we don't Get echoed get heckled. look 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 you see men men no. get your friends get friends not like these we're not <laughs> laughing at you we're, we're not <laughs> get friends not like these now i'm playing No, i used to actually run 200 meters to be fair Then what happened was um <clears throat> i um swapped the running for um um <laughs> for the money <laughs> and i just rode uh, <laughs> rode <laughs> running for the roads and then um got saved and i got saved in university so by the grace yeah. of god for born again christian for yeah. about four now four and
0: a half years now okay. uh, prince made so from nigeria um a lover of god lover of the people as well I'm passionate as well to see men grow. I want every guy to eat. I want every guy to be on the winning squad. I don't want any guy to get left behind, no matter what, physically, mentally, emotionally. So my aim is always to be able to have me growing up not being able to have a lot of guys surrounding me so i feel like i want to grow up be able to have guys surrounding me that's successful and doing great things in the kingdom and also outside of the church because sometimes we kind of feel like the whole world is within the four buildings that we go to on sundays a fun fact about it that similar to shabazz as well is i actually used to train with dwayne chambers when dwayne chambers was dwayne chambers this was the early this is 2001 2002 times it was nice to live in hackney where? And, where did you uh, train with him? I don't even know. I think Finsbury Park. That's it. I think there's a track there. You think or you know? Bro, <laughs> bro, I, I just came from Nigeria back then, bro. I just wanted to run. I just wanted to run, bro. And one Are of the things they actually doing training with you. Are you sure? All oh, right, is, bro. Actions have reactions. Don't be quick to judge. You may not know the
1: hardships people don't speak up. It's best to step back and observe with cool. For we all must meet our moment. Of-
0: so, guys, let's kick this off in just social justice, unforgiveness and bitterness. How do we deal with these emotions that we're feeling all of a sudden? And what is the way out? What What is the solution right now? I don't want small victories that were kind of being handed right now. I kind of want a bigger, bigger pie of the things. But let's deal with the emotions of unforgiveness and bitterness, especially as a believer. Are we allow those emotions, and how do we deal with them? I'll throw that out you guys.
2: Good question. Good, good question. Um, <clears throat> do you know what? I think for me personally, I'm yeah. actually letting things go, if I'm being honest. I'm not someone that holds malice to people. Like, I don't like to hold a grudge against people and people do me wrong. I don't like to... Well, now, now I'm in Christ. Mm. Before I move erratic. Before I just used to move erratic. Like, if you annoyed me, then you was going to get it full force. Mm. But now, I'm not a confrontational person. So if you annoy yeah. me, I will do everything within my means to brush it off my shoulder. Do you understand what I'm saying? But yeah. then I really... After watching the, um, the murder of George Floyd, that there was some anger against the police. Because obviously I've been in the criminal justice system, do you understand, and I've been violated by the police. So i say if there's one set of people that I'm angry at or some people that I (laughs) have unforgiveness to is the police. And right now, to be honest, this is going to be a bit of online discipleship. I don't have the answers right now of how I'm going to combat it. Like, I can pray against it, then I leave the prayer chamber, see on the news, and that feeling is still there. Do you understand what I'm mm. saying? Mm. Head, um, in my head, I hate the uniform, not the person. Sort of like mm. hate the sinner and not the sinner. But at the end of the day, I think because they're still violating people and because I've never known the police to be fair, it's just mm. like, it triggers. So, so, so basically, when I see them move in a certain way that's, <clears throat> that I think is wrong, It triggers certain emotions in my life, so I think right now, then, if I'm going to overcome it, I think I need to go through a process of inner healing. To be fair, Mm -hmm. again, certain situations and circumstances in my life that triggers these emotions, if you know what I mean. But I don't really currently. I can't say that I'm I'm
0: completely ridden of Of that type of comes to that. So let's say, for example, okay, it happens. Obviously. Like decades ago or centuries ago, but obviously we're still feeling the effects of it because of like said Shabazz. The system is still the system that was there then is still there now. Something we can discuss in terms of not liberating or not really uplifting, and in so many other different ways. How did it still pass on to generations upon generations? How are we still telling the story? So is it from our parent perspective that we're seeing the oppression on the way they've dealt with it and the way they're working on forgiveness and the way they're working with bitterness or is it from the system that we're seeing that okay, the system is oppressing us, the system doesn't like us or the system is rejecting us. So so who we do we hold accountable then? So who do we hold accountable? Because when you are having unforgiveness and bitterness, you want to hold somebody on accountable for those emotions that you're feeling. So are we pointing at the system, or are we pointing at our inner community for still, for allowing the hierarchy of uh, the new generation still feeling oppressed? Does that make any sense? I don't know if it makes sense what I'm saying in terms of question-wise yeah no i definitely
2: understand what you're saying i think it's a bit of both i don't think mm. the blame can be at one person but nevertheless um i know yes. that when we talk about generational curses or when we talk about generational characteristics or personalities that we don't want to have no more then we also mm. acknowledge that it has to stop with you because that thing yeah. has already passed down do you understand what i'm saying the bible says through one man sin entered the world. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's passed, been passed down through generation to generation. So first of all, you have to acknowledge that it's going to stop with you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And when I mean it's going to stop with you, yes, you might, by the grace of God, you might be able to change the world. But I think if things are going to shift, if things are going to change, if people are going to, like what Pastor Julio said, know their purpose, know who they are, then it's for you to now seek that identity. Do you understand what I'm saying? Personally, if we're answering your question, I think mm. the slave the slave mentality mindset, I don't think is a much as much in <laughs> our culture. The reason why I say that is because my parents are from Africa. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. They, yeah. They, they, they weren't slaves. Do you understand what I'm saying? However, they were subject to colonialism. Now, some mm. people say colonialism is a form of slavery, slavery of the mind, rather than having yeah. people in physical chains you build up institutions to oppress and 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 suppress people that's another but nevertheless i think for me personally it's just following it's just follow it's following a blueprint but learning from the mistakes of your forefathers you understand what i'm saying like our bishop like our bishop always said you understand that a next generation has to do better than the than the other because we have lessons learned we have their mistakes and their past and their experiences that we can learn from and do better. And I think personally, the reason why we're not doing better is because I don't think it's a mindset thing. I think the blueprint has not been made clear. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, because not a lot of us have been close to success. Like we want to be millionaires, but we don't know any millionaires. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we don't have people to have that conversation with saying, and I'm not saying that you have to have that conversation with a millionaire, but it's a mindset, it's a perspective, it's the way you see yourself. So I think if we're going to come out of, I guess, this this box or this glass ceiling effect, I think the blueprint amongst ourselves in terms of how to push forward has to be made clear. And that blueprint is in the
0: scripture. Okay. Wow, powerful. All right. Um, Jaleel as well. So I, I think what, what what Shabai just said, there's a lot to unload. i I mean, I'm listening. I'm thinking, my goodness, there's more questions for us to tackle on this. Go on. Uh, yeah, I hear
1: what you're saying. But I the reason why I think it's a mental thing is literally the way I see it right now, I feel if we're looking at scripture, I feel like black people as a as a as a as an ethnicity, we're in like the wilderness period. So we're not yet in the promised land. We're not still in physical oppression, but we're still in a place of our. Uh, should we go back? Is there hope for us mm. on the other side? Do you see what I'm saying? And it's because I don't feel like mentally, like what you were saying, mentally, we don't know what the picture of success looks like for us. Because when we look at, when we look up, and we see the top 50 fools, uh, uh, millionaires or billionaires or whatever, there's uh, barely any black representatives. you get what I'm saying? For me, what you believe is proven by what you do. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm, Yo, yeah. what you believe yeah. is is, a, is is proven by what you do. If you say I believe that I'm gonna be successful, I'm gonna believe. I believe that I'm gonna be rich. You go to Pentecostal church. You go to black churches. Everyone's prophesying. Yeah, you're gonna be wealthy. You're gonna be a millionaire. Everyone says Amen, but nobody act. Not I'm not, not saying nobody, but two percent, ten percent act on it. Do you get what I'm saying? Act on it, right? Because I've and I, what is it? Is it because they don't really believe? Is it because they see themselves as, oh, can I really do this as a black man? Even if you're not saying it explicitly, maybe you're thinking it implicitly. Do you see what I'm saying? Like you said, generational curses, generational sins, things like that, they do exist. So even though my mum didn't experience it, my grandparents obviously went through racism, coming through the Windrush generation. But I believe that mentally we still are not, we do don't—we still see ourselves as grasshoppers.
0: We still see, wow, wow. So it's the way we view ourselves in conjunction with the way the system has been built to almost not to physically oppress you but to restrict your growth does that make any sense it's almost like this is as far as you can come you know once you get this high it's a case of what you're doing here you know one thing we're talking about in terms of unlearning these behaviors of seeing ourselves inferior based on how we've been treated does that make any sense versus the way the system is defining us the topic so far is unforgiveness and bitterness. Are we allowed to have those emotions, especially as Christian um, guys? And how do we deal with them? Is, is another second part of it, especially around the social injustice that we've been feeling, especially as black men or as black people. Um, all around the world or UK in America or wherever it is that you you we feel like we'll be getting injustice. Obviously the Bible made us understand that we to forgive 77 seven times seven. So that means that I think somebody did the calculation that if you were to that means that person will sin against you every 20 seconds or every 15 seconds. Somebody did a math somewhere that basically less than a minute the person will be offending you and and forgiveness is, is, is defined as being able to continuously forgive somebody without without remembering their previous fault and holding the accounting, accounting against them. So that's what Jesus was saying that you can forgive 77 times 7, saying that continue to forgive that person is a continuous process without reminding them of the previous fault. So how the the system... And the police now, as Christians, that Jesus said, forgive seven times seven, how do we work that around?
2: If you're continuously harassed, now let's say the harassment comes from being continuously stopped by the police just because of the brand of your car. Continuously, yeah? Would you say that person
0: mm-hmm.
2: has to look at that officer that continuously stops him every day or every other day or every week and say, don't worry, I know you're doing this for no reason, but I love you anyway. Is that what you're saying?
0: That's what the scripture says. That's not what I'm saying. That's what the scripture says. <laughs>
2: what? Are you not no. the word of God? Are you not? <laughs> Are you, is Jesus not the word? Are you in Christ? <laughs> is
0: Jesus what? not the word? Are you not in Christ? I am in Christ. But I'm saying, say, my what? flesh can answer differently. What I'm going to tell you is that answer means my flesh can answer differently, but this is what the scripture says. I'm trying to follow what the scripture says. Because obviously, if I'm to answer it based on my, on my taking, obviously I'll be in the same boat of offense and, and so forth. But say this is what which is, but that is what I'm saying basically, that we ought to forgive something seven times seven. How yeah. practical is that? That's the question. I think I think it's I think it's easy to say
2: that when you're not continuously provoked. And I think it's the provocation that people are suffering from. I think people do feel like they're continuously provoked by the police. Now, the engagement levels with police does definitely come down to your lifestyle. I mean, if you're just a working professional, you go to the nine to five, da 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 da, you probably won't come across the police unless they stop you, pull you over for a driving offence. But nevertheless, I think that people feel provoked by police because they're abusing power. So for me personally, I, I take the scripture where the Bible says that we should honor the words of our parents, and then the same scripture in, a, in, a, in, a, in the next verse says that parents do not provoke your, your children. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I think at the same time, we can have mercy, we can forgive people, but how are we going to stop the provocation that they come with? And that's the key point. How are we going to stop being provoked to this point of anger?
1: To, to, just to say, I think... I disagree. I, I think that scripture used way. I think that was out of context. I can't lie for me personally. <laughs> I don't I think
0: the fact that, <laughs> I context, so, okay.
1: Yeah, go yeah. on. Moment of truth. So yeah. yeah, Um the fact that he says go seventy on. times seven lets you know, or seventy-seven times seven lets you know that you're gonna be provoked. Do you get what I'm saying? So I'm guessing pastor yep. you're asking from a believers point of view, right? Or from the world, yeah. Yep. From a believer's point of view, yeah, cool. Yeah. So if we we, yep. we know that we understand that, it's I think we need to prepare ourselves. Like, to be provoked. Do you get what I'm saying? And you can't really... I, I think you don't really know if you've forgiven someone until you're provoked. Do you, get, like, you don't mm. really know, oh, yeah, you can say, yeah, I've forgiven them until... For example, like, for me, like, I'll say, oh, yeah, I forgave my dad until someone's like, oh, has your dad? Why are you asking my dad? Like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, little things like that, mm. until someone provokes mm. me, just in saying, go on, go on.
2: <laughs> nah, I hear what you say, but to, 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 to heal from a certain situation takes time, yeah? But if you're antagonised during the process of healing, it might open up the same wound. Do you yeah, understand yeah. what I'm saying?
1: That's
2: good. Why, why is that bad? Because you're, it's a, it's a, it becomes a cycle. Do you understand what I'm saying? It becomes a cycle because, for instance, if you are healing from a situation that's caused by the police, yeah, and then uh, while you're healing or while you're, do you know what I mean, doing inner healing, while you're learning how to if the same situation happens. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's just like it's the, it depends on the situation that you see. If someone saw their friend being murdered by the police, do you understand what I'm saying? Then it's gonna take a long time to heal from that period. And then if the police comes and does them wrong again, yeah, do you understand? Yeah. What I'm saying? There, 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 there was no way there was there was no space or capacity or bandwidth for them to heal and be prepared to be provoked again. Do you understand what I'm saying? I think you heal then prepare yourself to be provoked but if you're during your healing period if you're provoked then how do you stand against it that is the key point
0: okay i think yeah once again if it's one of those situations that we need to look at this very carefully that's why i brought it up in terms of bitterness and forgiveness because we need to understand the difference between being what when you're being provoked what what are you reacting to? I think that's amazing, and I'm not saying look what you're saying is wrong, but I'm saying that as a believer, when you can't control what the other person does to you, and they keep doing it continuously, how do you don't how do you not hold bitterness and unforgiveness? Especially knowing that we worship God, and the Bible said, if anything, if anyone hold any offense against you, you hold offense against them leave your altar and go sort that situation out before you actually come praise and worship me. Imagine that. Mm. So does not that means as believers, we holding offense against police officers and holding offense against the, this system and so forth. Is that actually hindering the way we are growing personally? And I'm just asking questions here. So how do we deal with that as believers? How do we deal with being oppressed all the time by the system? and by police or by whatever it is, and yet still walk in love? think for me,
1: for, me, for me, there's like there's three things that help me with forgiveness. Is First and foremost, what I try to do is, once I, I identify bitterness or unforgiveness or resentment, I try to address it straight away, so I don't try to give it time to just harbour, because when you let it harbour, I feel, I feel like bitterness comes from unforgiveness that's not resolved. So when you don't yeah. resolve forgiveness, when you don't deal with unforgiveness, when you give it time to brew, like, for example, the Bible says, be angry, but do not sin. So being angry in itself is not a sin. Do you know what I'm saying? Emo- angry is an emotion, but having an emotion is not necessarily a sin, but it's what you do with that emotion. That's what I was saying so when you're angry, what does it mean when it says, be angry, but do not sin? It's when you allow your anger to now control your thoughts. You allow your anger to now control your speech. You, know, you allow your anger to now control your conduct. You allow your anger to control your mood, your day, and stuff like that. That's when you allow, that's when your anger. Is, you know so that's why I say address it almost immediately or well, immediately. So you know, okay, cool. I feel this I feel this resentment towards this person. I feel this bitterness towards this person. I feel unforgiveness towards this person. Let me deal with it straight away. So, okay, cool. How do I now go, then go and deal with it? Because it's nice to say, yeah, go deal with it. But how do we actually deal with it? So the way that I deal with it, yeah. I'm not saying that like, this is the blueprint for everybody. I'm just saying that like, this is how I deal with unforgiveness. So obviously everyone has yeah. their own way. So we'll all share our own way. But for me personally, it's the understanding that, first and foremost, I know this is going to sound so, like, um, cliche, but <laughs> we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, powers, and spiritual wickedness in high places. That's a spiritual truth. Do you know what I'm saying? That's a foundational truth that every believer must understand. Not just know, but walk in. it. Like, have the understanding that, listen, I, my, my battle is not against flesh and blood. My battle is not against the person that I'm physically seeing right now. My battle is against principalities and powers. And understand that the Bible says that the whole world lies under the power of the wicked one. Imagine mm. that. The Bible says that the whole world lies under the power of the wicked one. So what does that scripture tell me? Sorry, I'm trying to do two things at once. What does that scripture tell me? It tells me that this person, if they're not born again, if they're not saved, even if they are born again and saved, child, they can still be oppressed by the enemy. But they are under, the Bible says that whole world is under the power of the wicked son. So it's only the ecclesia, the call out ones, that are outside of that. Do you get what I'm saying? And um, if Ephesians chapter two, it says that we once walked, according to the, the prince of the air, as the sons of disobedience. So people are sons of, of the enemy. Do you get what I'm saying? They, they are controlled. By the prince of the power of the air. So I have to understand that listen, even though this person's uh, attacking me, they're controlled by a force. Do you get what I'm saying? They're controlled. There is somebody moving through them. It's like when Jesus spoke to Peter and he said, um, Satan, get thee behind me. It wasn't Satan. He, he couldn't see Satan physically, but he identified that it was Satan speaking through Peter. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's a big able to be able to discern who is speaking through that person, who is acting through that person. Is it, is it this man that I'm seeing or is it Satan? Do you get what I'm saying? Because people could have easily yeah. get be like, "Bro, I'm cutting you off, this and the other." But Jesus was able yeah. to identify through maturity, like, "No, no, no. This is Satan that's speaking for you, Peter." Even though I was giving you credit and I was glory, I was giving you glory. Uh, two verses earlier, now I'm identifying that, you know what, the spirit of, of of the of the Antichrist or whatever is now speaking through you. So we must be able to discern who is it that's speaking through the system? Who is it that's speaking through the police? Because even today I was going through Acts chapter 10, and when Peter, when God gives uh, Peter the vision, right, with, with the white sheets, and he says, ah, oh, kill and eat. And obviously it was a metaphor of people, of the Gentiles. And Peter goes, no, man, uh, how can I eat what's, the, I've never ate what's unclean before. And God says, don't call what I've called clean, unclean. Mm. And that he was saying about people. We shouldn't call what God has called clean, unclean. The blood of Jesus has been shed for all of humanity. So God, is, the whole of humanity is loved by God. No matter what wickedness they're doing, no matter what iniquity they're doing, no matter what theology you might hold, no matter what you may think about them, God is saying, do not call what I've called clean, unclean. You got know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter what they've done to us. Understanding that, cool let me not call what God has called clean, unclean. So understanding that cool, God has called this person clean. God has called this individual clean, no matter what they're doing. It's even that David mentality, like Saul was trying to kill him. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to touch the laws of mountain. It's easier said than done. But it's it's a mindset. Do you know what I'm saying? You got to you got to repeat these things over and over again. It's not like you say you say to yourself once and all of a sudden you're over it now and you forgive them. No, it's a daily battle. You have to continuously remind yourself, you know that they're clean. The blood of Jesus has been poured out for them. And finally, um, I re, I believe that the way of grace with dealing with forgiveness under the dispensation of the grace of God, um, according to Ephesians chapter four, I believe verse thirty-two, it says we should forgive others as Christ has forgiven forgiven us. Mm. So yeah, first of all, have the understanding that we in ourselves are filthy, but well we were filthy, and Christ still forgave us. Do you know what I'm saying? So, And, right. and that place of understanding of Christ forgiving us in our filthiness, in our dirty rags, in our iniquity, in our trespasses, in our sin, do you know what I'm saying? If we see ourselves as we were, as a fallen man, this, that, and the other, in that same vein, we are able to now go out and forgive other people. So I think if you try to forgive others without understanding how much Christ has forgiven you, you're fighting a lost battle. You're going to just be doing that out of your own righteousness, out of your own works, not out of the grace of oh. God. When you do it out of understanding of how much Christ has forgiven you and who you were, do you get what I'm saying? Then the spirit of God will empower you to say, you know what, if God if God can forgive me, then I can forgive this person. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. even a white light is still big. It's still sin to God, full stop. Do you get what I'm saying? So you might be like, oh, this person done this, did that, and that to me. But God is like, okay, but you done this, this, and that to me so you know what I'm saying so that's how I—I I, that's the three ways I deal with it Understand- I mean
0: based I mean based on what you what you say I mean you've unloaded a lot of things and, and I'm sure that maybe Shabazz based on your this coming from your conversation earlier on so does that not mean that our community as black people are we a product of generational bitterness and unforgiveness even though I'm not saying this is our fault that things are happening to us so I'm not saying that are we generations, even though yet the oppression is there, you use I think David and Saul was such a perfect example of Saul every single day wakes up to kill David. That was his mission. Every man go find him. David, I was anointed as a king, was hiding in holes and caves. But yet he had an opportunity to kill him. He didn't take it. So, does that mean that we are, as a community, a product of generational bitterness and unforgiveness? Because obviously, what like this is difficult truth to accept. I mean, what you've said is a very, very difficult... It's unpopular. I do not lie to you. You must say to mm. 10 people, half of a human being will listen to you. Not everyone. Not everyone. Not everyone. Only half of a human being will probably listen. Because what you're telling us to do is come into a place of humility. Though we are oppressed, though we are denied, we yet still need to forgive as how God would have forgiven us if we were the oppressor. I mean, that is the price that we've been asked to, to give. So we're saying, obviously, we can protest against injustice, we can shout against any injustice, but we cannot hold bitterness and unforgiveness, even though it's a generational, systematic oppression that we as a people are feeling on a daily basis. The way forward now is the fact okay, everyone that's marching, everyone that's protesting, have the right within to protest because of injustice. But what you're basically saying and we're all saying is you cannot hate the police officer does that make any sense because if that's that because if you are to i know it's it's painful this is not a popular opinion that means <laughs> based, what on that? What, based on what we that means that based <laughs> on what we just said right now that we have it's I'm believe believers, I'm talking about believers. Yeah. If you're watching this, even as a human being, so that means that hate the, the act of the, of the brutality, hate it. Hate the system that's enforcing it or the ground that's allowed for that to happen. But do not let hatred come from your heart towards another creation that God has created. And obviously that is a deep core emotion. Uh, I think, from what we've discussed today, to be able to master because simply because of the things that we experience and, and wrestle with. And I think Pastor Jalil also mentioned earlier on in terms of, you know, through Peter's revelation of who Jesus was that he was able to receive from heaven, he was, the foundation of the church was built from there. And then very few verses later, the enemy used him to whisper. Imagine if it wasn't Jesus he was addressing that Jesus was able to check that spirit. Nowadays, we could have seen that spirit as a spirit of revelation. You know, we could, it come across as caring. It comes across as loving. It comes across as he's overwhelmed by the love he has for Jesus. If you read that without knowing who Jesus was, you would have probably said, oh, Jesus was overreacting. But Jesus had to rebuild that seed because he knew that if that seed of Helping and self-pity came from Peter to him, then he could destroy, he can destroy the ultimate goal. So sometimes what may come across as the good things with the Peter had the right intention, but Peter did not know where the thoughts came from. So we might be marching right now with the right intention, but let us be weary. let us be, I'm mean, not beware, let us be aware of our actions that we do not develop hatred against other ethnic background, or against white people or against yeah. middle-aged white men or against any other people thinking that they are our enemy. Rebuke the voice that speaks through them. Rebuke the prince of Tyra that's behind them. Rebuke those spirits as Jesus rebuked Peter but yet still love Peter. Even though Peter was speaking something that was actually going to derail the plan of God um, for Jesus out of his life. So obviously that's my summary message. I don't know if anybody else wants to add to what's been said
1: now. Bro well, that was, that was a, a, a fantastic summary. I think you hit the nail on the head, you know, white people are not our, really? our, our enemy. like Because they're really not. Because even when I went out to the protest and I spoke to one guy specifically, and this guy was like, bruv, any white man that's not on it, we've got a denim. And I was just like, bro, you really think that's the solution? He's like, yeah, and he's like getting proper angry. And then one, some people came on to support him. I was like, you guys really think killing of the white man is the solution. Is like, yeah, if it gets on top, it gets on top. I spoke to another couple of guys after, they said the same thing. If it gets on top, it gets on top. If it has to turn to anger, it has to turn to anger, and guns are out. But listen, the white people are not our enemies. Do you know what I'm saying? That's what the enemy wants us to believe. The real enemy wants us to believe that they're the issue. Do you get what I'm saying? So what I would say is just have that understanding that white people are not the enemy. And a lot of them don't even know what's going on. Like, I was watching some video today, a lot of them just don't even, they're not even aware. Like, do you get what I'm saying? They're even they're, they're a product of the system as well, just as the system favours them, but they're still a product of the system. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. They still are a product of the system at the end of the day, but mm-hmm. they just on the other end of the, the other spectrum of the system. So don't be looking at white people like, you're the issue. No, they didn't manufacture the system. They don't, you know what I'm saying? They do benefit from the system, but they didn't manufacture it. And you know what I'm saying? A lot of them not, are not aware. And I love the uh, the illustration that someone gave of systematic, um, systemic racism, or institutional racism. He said it like this, it was a left-handed guy, right? And he said, as a left-handed man, uh, you, you'll probably understand this, Pastor Prince. I, feel, I believe you're left-handed. But he said, the whole of humanity, the whole world is designed to, to suit right-handed people. So the little things in life, he notices, where we as right-handed people wouldn't notice, where, okay, this is suited to favour us. Do you get what I'm saying? But a left-handed person would be able to re- recognise that, oh, bro, this doesn't suit me. This. And that's what, systemic, yep. that's what systemic racism is. So as a right-handed person, they don't understand that this is cause to fade me right now. But as a left-handed individual who are the black people, it's like, okay, cool. We see it. We see the injustice. But white people don't see the injustice because it doesn't, mm. it doesn't affect them. Do you get what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. That's what I, that's what I
0: would do. I think, I think that's a beautiful way to actually put it because it's so true. Like, you know, in my own little way, I find it hard to use scissors. Is it bad Because 98.9% of scissors are right-handed. So when I'm cutting with scissors, I'm, I'm cutting it upside down for me to be able to cut properly. Wow. And stuff like guitars as well. You know, people that play guitar is normally for right-handed pieces. So if I'm to learn guitar, I just turn it upside down and then try not to learn it backward. So to, to be able to learn guitar. So little bit, little things like, which is so true, such a beautiful way to put it in terms of everyone that's right-handed doesn't really see the struggle. They can just the mm-hmm. scissors and use it. You benefit from it being designed like that. But anybody else that's left-handed, I think they say they the 10% or 20% of the whole world population is left-handed. So that means for every 10 person you see, eight of them are right-handed. So that means, of course, the majority of the the design and infrastructure will be built up, but I think that's a beautiful way in, this, in a simplistic way to almost see how people can systematically benefit from something without really caring on who else doesn't really benefit from it. And mm-hmm. some of them I come from uh, ignorance, of not knowing that black people actually don't benefit from the system, some of them are actually fully aware of it. Uh, suppose that, but nevertheless, the message is to show love and to continuously walk in forgiveness, even though, so that hatred does not harbour from our heart. But if not, what's the difference between us and Cain, Cain and Abel when Cain killed his brother because he felt like he was better than him because of the sacrifice that he offered was acceptable unto God. So. It's, it's a heavy topic. So thank you every single person that you guys for, for joining us today for this is this is the manifesting. And we're going to come again next week with more of the moment of the truth. And next we will be looking at the solutions. What do we want? You know, do we want more money? Do we want to be integrated more into the system? Do what actually do we actually want? We know what we don't want, We don't want the brutality, we don't want the discrimination. We can talk about it from the rooftop that our posters to say it. Our, our Black Tuesday says it. Our hashtag says what we don't want. But next week, let's actually talk about what we want. What does the future actually look like? We know what our past look like. We know what we're feeling presently. But what are we building for the future? What does the first stone of the foundation of the future actually look like? What will my children look back and say? In the 1974, we protested. Yes, we had a small battle. But what are we building for the new future? What does it look like? Martin Luther King said it. He said, my eyes, I have set stand upon the top of the hills and my eyes have seen the glory. What glory are we seeing tomorrow? So guys, next week, tune in again to listen to the moment of truth from the Manifest team. Thank you once again for listening and share with your friends. Invite to your friends as well. Share the link for them to listen. About this and joining the conversation. Email us at manifestukoutlook.com for more information. Um, for if you want to get involved in this conversation, also, or follow us on Manifest INTL on our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube page. So, guys, God bless you as we've done this. I'm excited um, for what's to come. I'm excited for the future in spite of what's going on at the present. So, Guys, you guys have anything to say to close up? Uh, Wait, it's it's we
1: manifest underscore INTL, by the way.
0: Man, okay, manifest underscore INTL on yes, Instagram. Yes, yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us. Look out on our pages once again uh, at manifest underscore INTL for more information. This is your moment of the truth. Jeez, guys, jeez, jeez, have jeez. an incredible evening. And if you're listening to this, share it with your friends, if you're watching it, yeah. share it everyone yeah. share it, share it. Let's talk about it. Guys, see you later.